Hello and welcome to Inspiration Boulevard, the podcast where we discuss the brilliance and creativity that exists within the field of mental health. I'm your host, Alan Hyde, and I'm joined today by licensed and marriage family therapist, Serena Lagore. Hey, Serena. Hey, Alan. How's it going? It's good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. It was a no-brainer. You know, I was thinking like, hey, who are the people I want to interview for this thing? And and I've just, I've always, you know, like I was sharing kind of in, in the last podcast is like, who, who inspires me? Who, who do I like work with in this field who I've admired their work and seen the way that they do things? And it was a no brainer to reach out to you and get you on this thing. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited. And it's good to just kind of catch up with you because, you know, we've known each other for a long time. So it's, yeah, kind of fun to see like where we're at in our like career and in the field yeah. now. So yeah, good yeah. stuff. Well, yeah. And, you know, I know we were kind of just talking about off, off stream right now that, you know, you'd moved to Montana, which is a big move. You yes. know, I, I, I was, I was looking it up yesterday and, and for whatever reason, I need to know my maps better. Cause I was like, God, she must, she must have moved far. And it's really not, it's not that far, but you know, it's still yeah. a big move. It's yeah. It's far enough that a drive is a pain in the ass. And, um, yeah, it's, it feels very far from California for sure. Yeah. So how, how does that work? Uh, are, are you still licensed in California and licensed there now as well? I'm only licensed in California, which is why I only telehealth. Um, so uh, the process of getting licensed in other States is such a pain in the ass and I'm slowly working towards that. But yeah, for now I'm just with clients in California. Well, that, that's interesting too, because right, I, I think a lot of clinicians ask that question, right? They, they are thinking about moving and, and how does a licensure process work? Do you have any like nuggets of wisdom you can share? Like for those who are listening, just kind of like what you've learned about the things that you have to do to get licensed in Montana? Yeah, um, it's crazy because it's different in every single state. Every single state has different requirements. Some of them have different exams. Like, I mean, you know, in California, there's a specific ethics exam and um, a specific California clinical exam, whereas like some states have the national exam. And um, there's some states where like if your school doesn't have the specific accreditation, they will not accept your degree. Like you would to license in that state, you literally have to go back to school. Um, so it's just, it's wildly different for each state. And, um, it does get easier after you've been licensed for five years. There's a lot of states that have like a reciprocity thing where they'll overlook like differences in, um, like clinical hours or, um, in some cases like your, what kind of certification your school had, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting process. Yeah, I guess I didn't even think about that, you know, especially in today's day and age, you know, you've got psychologists, licensed professional clinical counselors and LMFTs, LCSW, yeah. like just all the letters, right? There's so many different types. Right. Of yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, interesting to try and like sort out like what's what. And I know one question I get asked a lot, like, because obviously you and I are both LMFTs licensed marriage and family therapist and like I get a lot of people being like well do you only do couples counseling or family therapy like it's like no I actually hate couples counseling and therapy and (laughs) and um yeah it's uh yeah lots lots of letters do lots of different things in lots of different states 
Yeah. So, oh, so you work with couples and families? Or, oh, are you going to analyze me? N no, 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 I'm not. I'm really not. No. <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, why don't you fill everyone in on, on what you do, Treat, and just kind of the things that, that you've worked with over the years. I know you and I have uh, worked together a lot on, on a lot of cases, but just kind of filling everyone in on, on some of the approaches that you take and the, the clientele that you work with. Yeah, so um, I have worked in, I mean, a lot of different places while I was getting licensed and um, after getting licensed too. And um, the thing that I really gravitate towards is eating disorders and anxiety. So those are my two main specialties. Um, but I've worked, like, as you know, you and I worked at a rehab together doing 12-step stuff. I've worked at inpatient mental health centers. I've worked at, like, undergrad um, counseling centers. And, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the experience of being able to do a whole bunch of different things before kind of picking my specialty, um, just to make sure that I'm, you know, solid in what I kind of want to really dive into. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think about that a lot, right? Because there are so many things to specialize within this field and, and really that conversation, you're, you're green, you get out there, you're excited, right? You're maybe just out of school and, and, and maybe that's you listening to this podcast, right? And there's so many directions to go. And, and as I was hearing you share, Serena, and this is where I'm really curious is kind of what, what inspired you to take the direction of like working with eating disorders, working with anxiety and kind of, you know, finding that niche and, and going in that direction. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cause there, I mean, you know, there's a lot of different things that like make me excited about being a therapist. Like, you know, I love working with um, lots of different people, but I think those two specifically, um, I relate to on a lot of different levels. Like I really connect, um, like, you know, I've done a lot of 12 step, um, like work as a therapist and the eating component of like how eating is an addiction and how food addiction can take over people's lives. And, um, it, it kind of combined like my interest in 12 step work with something a little bit, um, different. And I, I just, I kind of like that. I gravitated towards that. I felt like it was really easy for me to understand clients with eating disorders, um, and what it was like to kind of be in their shoes and, um, and for anxiety too. Like I've struggled with anxiety and I know Sam, um, who you interviewed in your first podcast was kind of sharing a little bit about her experience with anxiety and how that has helped her as a clinician. And, um, so yeah, I, I think that I, like <laughs> to stop rambling and answer your question. Um, I felt like I was able to really resonate and connect with those clients and make a difference in a way that I, um, found a little bit, it was a little more challenging for different, different areas. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the rambling, right? That's, that's when we're <laughs> in our muse, right? We're in our yeah. muse when we're just kind of, uh, shooting the shit and figuring things out and yes. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that, right? Because like even like how you were referring to the conversation that I had with Samantha is a lot of the work that we do is, is informed by, you know, a lot of our own experiences. I think is what opens a lot of initial doors, right? That's where I think a lot sure. of the initial inspiration or, or those in our lives who've struggled with those things. And then we learn the boundaries and, and how to make sure that we take care of ourselves in that and then, you know, walk with other people. And I just, yeah. I, I think what a, what a, um, you know, powerful route 
it's why I want to do this podcast, right? Like who are these clinicians? Who are these everyday heroes that, that no one knows and no one's talking about? Mm-hmm. And what is it that they do? Right. And, yeah. and so I'm curious, Serena, what do you do? How do you take care of yourself? What does your routine look like? You see yeah. what's going on? Um, absolutely. I'm seeing a therapist. I, um, tricked myself into thinking that I was fine and could not see a therapist. So I, I went like two years and then I was like, okay, it's time to fucking get back into therapy. And, um, yeah, I love my therapist and I feel like I, um, I've had two really awesome therapists, one in California and now one up here in Montana. And I learn so much from them. Like it helps me personally obviously to like take care of myself and also professionally like I'll learn new like interventions or or new stuff for them so um yeah definitely see a therapist and then um my favorite form of self-care is gardening um I love plants I love being outside and my motto or kind of like my um like almost my mission statement of sorts for my private practice is grow through what you go through. Um, I want want to pause there for a moment, right? Grow through what you go through. I love that. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it really connects with me on a level of um, life is fucking hard and there's lots of shit that happens to you and you can grow through it and change and become, you know, the person that you want to be. And like, um, you know, my self-care routine is being outside with my hands in the dirt and like bringing like half dead plants back to life. And just, you know, it kind of connects with me on, on a lot of different levels. So yeah. So those are my main two things. I love gardening. I love my therapist and, um, yeah. (laughs) You find yourself getting outside in the garden a little bit more, just kind of with the state of like COVID-19 and and everything like that. Is is that kind of, for sure and I think a a lot of people are doing that like a lot of people are starting to like you know create gardens grow their own food um do like more of that sort of like outdoor cultivation of their homes because they're at home and they can't really you know do a whole lot else and I think it's been so cool and um a lot of my clients that have sort of ventured into that area have said that they've really loved it and enjoyed it and um fun fact there's actually something in soil that acts as like an antidepressant so when you have your hands in the soil it like literally helps make you happier so yeah. I mean that makes sense to me you know that it really does right just you know being a yeah. proponent of like being outside right there there's just something about nature right and it's it's so interesting right like the fun facts right when you get out and experience these things you also realize too right people have studied this shit right so we know that like getting outside getting sunlight putting your yeah. hands in the soil right there are like chemical and physiological things that are happening in your body that yeah. help you cope in this world. And, and look, you know, I'm sure more brilliant minds out there could explain those things on deeper levels, but, uh, at least for now, take it from us. This is, this is stuff that is really beneficial. Absolutely. Give it a try. See how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Run your own experiment, right? You're sitting, you're sitting at home experiencing like, uh, you know, isolation or, or some of the symptoms that could be associated with depression, get your ass outside. Yeah, there you go. Free antidepressants. <laughs> no, right. Yeah. What what what's the what's the drawback, right? Like you're you're you may walk away with something, but you're not gonna have anything taken from you. Right. You absolutely. Can, you can still have your depression if you want it. 
totally yeah <laughs> yeah so plant do you have any plants that you like like specifically go to the store and buy or or fruits or veggies that you like to grow or how, how advanced is this uh does this rabbit hole go serena yeah um it's definitely taken on a new um level now that i've i'm living in montana and have more than like a s tiny ass little patio in orange county yeah um, what are you what are you in a mansion now uh, yeah, for the same prices the, the same price basically <laughs> yeah um you know I, I have a front yard um that's new um my dog can actually like you know run around instead of just being you know craft in his little little area but yeah um so yeah i've been growing a lot of like edible stuff and um i mean here like it really the growing season is literally just starting um it's may 29th and we still are at risk of having a freezing temperature night Goodness so gracious. Uh, yeah which is wild so um it's uh you know it's funny because like the you know the name of your podcast is you know, literally it's rooted in inspiration. And I have felt such a huge shift in my mental health and my like, um, mental well-being since like being able to actually go outside and not like be stuck in snow and like actually have things kind of like come back up from the ground and be able to like plan things. And, um, it kind of like to get metaphorical, um, reminds me of just like the seasons that we go through in life of like sometimes it's like snowy and shit and then there's a season of like rebirth and regrowth and warmth so yeah yeah I'm, I'm more and more convinced that you know the things that we go through in life or or just the things that happen right around around the the experience of other people and and what goes on in our world right that they're there's a, a rhyme and, and a reason and maybe a divine kind of thing going on there. I don't know. That's for you to decide. But I, I'm more and more, you know, convinced these days that to have the really good things, some of the bad things are, are just kind of going to be in conjunction. They're going to, they're going to gravitate around. And, and at the same time, right, we don't have to focus on that. And, and that's what I really appreciate about what you're sharing is that the focus is, Hey, you know, the, the sunshine's coming. Right. Yeah. And we may be down right now. Right. But let's grow something. Let's create something. Let's move in shape, right? Let's get yeah. outside. Let's fucking play. Let's do some yeah. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's about like, um, you know, uh, my, one of my, um, my first therapists, she used this metaphor that I really love of like, sometimes when it's raining, people are so um, accustomed to it raining and they want to protect themselves, obviously, because rain sucks. You don't want to get wet. You can get a cold like so you know you're out there with your umbrella and your boots and your coat and she really emphasized taking off your coat and putting down your umbrella when it's not raining and mm. like checking the weather and making sure that you actually like survey your surroundings and like kind of you know having your coat when you need it but putting it down when you don't and um being on the lookout for those sunny days because sometimes you know you're so accustomed to snow or rain then you just get in like protection mode instead of like okay can I like go dance in the sunshine now so yeah, yeah. 
Oh, I love that. Can I go dance in the sunshine? Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's like a, it's that beautiful picture of balance, right? Like it's okay that you have your raincoat in your umbrella. I, you know, I imagine uh, therapists would refer to those things as our coping strategies, right? The Absolutely. coping skills. Yeah. That, yeah. Yep. And, and it's okay to put those things down, right? When we don't need mm-hmm. them. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Use them when you need them and don't when you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Put them, put them down and, and go have fun, right? It's okay to take yeah. healthy risks. It's okay to dance in the sun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So dancing in the sun, do you feel like that's been like your experience walking in this direction in, in your career, your profession? Do you feel like that's kind of been like a muse for you, like a way to step into things that you love and enjoy? Is, is that kind of been your experience in this field or what you always wanted to do? Or Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, like to reference like Sam's um, podcast again, um, and I, I love, you know, you know, I, we worked with Sam and I love her. She's a brilliant clinician, um, was talking about how she kind of, was sort of inclined to be a therapist. Like she just kind of knew and like that was her path. And I didn't, Mm. um, like when I graduated undergrad, I was a communications and psychology major. And I was like, well, I don't know what the fuck I want to do with my life. So I guess I'm going to apply to grad school. I applied (laughs) to one grad school and was like, well, I hope I get in. And if not, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I got in obviously. Um, that's where you and I met and it was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be a therapist now. Um, and once I got my hands dirty and like really got into it, I was like, oh fuck yeah. Like, this is what I'm <laughs> like. This is, this is it. This is good. This connects with like my heart and my soul and my personality and like me on every level. This is what I meant to do. Um, and I feel like it's kind of been that way as I like navigate my career of like, I don't really know what the fuck is happening or what's going on or what my plans are exactly, but I'm just going to keep trying stuff until I figure it out. Um, and that is what's happening now as I start my private practice and, um, start to kind of like develop my personality as a therapist and like my brand as a therapist is um you know I'm I'm seeking sunshine now I feel like I um I had my umbrella up for way longer than I needed it to be Mm. Uh, now I'm like finding the strength to put it down and go explore and seek better things so uh yeah you know like and when when you hit shared right when you started like posting and sharing again that you were getting back in the field I was like yes right let's let's talk about getting clinicians, you know, rocking and rolling in the field who are out there doing good things. They're doing them ethically. They care about the people they work with and they're brilliant at what they do. Let's get those people rocking in the field, right? The people doing yeah. it for the right reasons. Yeah. So I was really excited to hear that you were getting back into it <laughs> and to just connect with you again, right? Because yeah, you know, I, I think, um, you know, just like any profession, there's those who um, are in it for the right reasons and wrong reasons. And I know Sam and I talked about that before, but you know, you're definitely someone who I've walked with for a long time who, you know, I, I have no, no question in my mind of this is someone who's doing it for the right reasons. And this is someone who's really good at it. Right. And I'm just yeah. excited to walk with you in this, in this career, in this profession and, and see what unfolds for you. 
Yeah, it's exciting. And, um, you know, you've always been like the very, like, even in grad school, you know, like before we were even licensed, when we were like little baby therapists, um, like barely knew what the fuck we were doing. You were always like out there and like, you know, you had your nonprofit and you had marketing and you like had all these things that you were doing and were always like really forward and um, definitely inspirational. And now this podcast, you know, um, it's really cool to kind of like, see like what you've done and see what you know some of our other friends and our other connections have done and kind of um I feel like the therapist community um is really cool for the most part like really kind of builds each other up and inspires each other and um yeah I'm excited to really kind of like dive dive into it and uh yeah it's it's good stuff yeah you know and like even you know as you were sharing that it's right like in this field it's a cool field there's really rad people right like it, it attracts really interesting diverse really cool yeah. people like in our grad program like the the cultural diversity in that program alone it, oh, it's, yeah. it's really interesting and fun and creative and inspiring to be around those people and and then like you were saying watch everyone go out in the field as baby therapists and find their way right the yeah. little, chick little chickadees right. running around trying to figure <laughs> out what direction to go on their own and yeah. And then a lot of us came back together and, <clears throat> and that's really cool, you know? Yeah. But it's also why, like, you know, I want to shed light on that. Cause I think there's a negative stigma that exists. I think um, we're portrayed on television certain ways or in movies and Hey, I watch those movies and shows too. They're fucking entertaining, but yeah. uh, let, let's paint the real picture. Let's talk to the real therapists and, and, and talk a little bit about, you know, what, what it is that we're doing out here. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's so important because I think that, um, the stigma against therapists and therapy creates a barrier to treatment. Like people don't want to sit in a stuffy room and have like some old lady tell them like, why are you smoking weed? Weed causes anxiety. Like, you know, and like, um, like I, I have a client who, um, was like, oh my God, you have a nose ring. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I have an offering. And like, you know, it just, therapists are, um, I think especially this kind of like new generation of therapists, um, we're just like humans. We're just like people. And like, I feel like there's more opportunities and it's more okay to bring your personality into the work. And I feel like that's tremendous. It, it makes such a difference when you like bring yourself into the room. Um, and, uh, yeah, just kind of like embrace who you are as a person and as a therapist. So, yeah. Well, I think our professors used to touch on it too, right? Like the conversation I was having, uh, the other day with Sam on the podcast <clears throat> about this new wave of therapists. And I remember our professors used to touch on that too. It's like, there's something different about the younger therapists that are coming up. And I think you, you said it beautifully, right? Like we're just, we're allowing ourselves to be human, right? We're bringing yeah. ourselves into the room and gone are the days, <clears throat> unless, you know, sorry, excuse me, unless we, uh, you know, bring someone on here on the podcast who's been doing it for a long time and still continues to do this in, in some of the more traditional ways. But I think gone are the days of like the blank slate, free associate, right? Like the therapist. Yeah is the tool, right? Like yes. that's what my, my therapist who's been doing, doing her thing for 30 years always tells me, and she said, you, you're the best tool you have access to in the room. Yeah. What, are you, what yeah. are you feeling? What are you noticing? What are you feeling? What are the reflections and observations 
that you can you know give to this person who's in the room with you so that they can come to their own conclusions yeah absolutely um and it's really cool to be to kind of like have permission to do that um you know like to to bring yourself into the room and and use yourself as a tool i think that it's um one of the best things about therapy well what what it what is it about being able to to bring ourselves in right like i I have some ideas on on why i find that beneficial but again this podcast isn't about me it's about you so (laughs) what what do you like about being able to utilize your feelings and, and your experience in the room as a tool yeah um i feel like the one of the things that i um really try to do is like um build rapport with people and just like see them as human and have them see me as human and i feel like it opens up um like the opportunity to be safe like it it just i think that's the biggest thing is it creates like a sense of safety of like okay i i know you and i can trust you and um you know kind of just like what you were saying about like this podcast isn't about me um it's kind of the same thing in therapy it's like therapy is not about us our goal is to focus on the client and to have it be their space and you know our needs aren't getting met by the clients um our goal is to meet their needs um but if you can you know, like bring yourself into the room and bring your personality into it and connect on a human level and then be there for them and let them take up that space. It's like, um, it's so cool. It's just, it's really good. And, uh, you know, and what a counterintuitive thing, right? I think we learn in society that, um, me getting my needs met means that I'm meeting your needs and and that reciprocal process has to be the way black or white. And it's like, well, you, you know, that's on some levels that's okay right like in uh supply and demand right but when when you're talking about relationships you know there's there's a true give and take but also to get your needs met it's it's really about doing that for yourself right and we could talk about all the cliche right or or the um, colloquial like self-love stuff and and i absolutely adore and love that stuff and i read it every day but Mm -hmm. the the kind of layman's way that i always break it down is like Hey, you know, if you're not taking care of yourself, no one else is going to do it for you, right? They don't yeah. know how. They don't know how. Right. And yeah. so I, I just I appreciate that you were highlighting, right? Like we bring ourselves in the room, but for the paradoxical reason of of being able to be that like reflection for people to find what what are my needs, right? I'm here to per I'm here to meet your needs by not meeting your needs for you. It's right. a weird yes. paradox. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is, and um one of my like favorite supervisors, I don't know if you ever met him, Doug Hutchinson, who worked at the counseling center. Um, he was really big on attachment and, um, I love attachment theory. And one of the, you know, one of the things is like building like a safe container or being like a a safe place, safe foundation, um, for your clients. And, um, yeah, it's like your purpose is to show up as a foundation and then it's up to your client to build the house and you know we can offer like here's some tools you can use to build the house and like you should look for materials over here but you know I think it is really about like um empowering empowering your client and uh you know I I genuinely feel like the 
the progress that my, my clients make or when they like, you know, are like, Oh my gosh, I was able to do this. It's like that it's all them. You know what I mean? Like I'm here, but it's you doing the work. And, um, yeah, it is kind of a paradox, but it's, a it's a paradox that I love. I love it. Yeah. And those are the golden nugget moments, right? Like I was able to accomplish this, like, look, look what I did. Right. And it's, it always reminds me and it's the dearest thing. Like I, I I absolutely love it. I adore it. It fills me up. It's like, you know, the, the thought of when a client comes back and shares like, this is what's working for me. It's like when a child comes back and is like, can you hang this on the refrigerator? Like, fuck yeah, yeah, I can. I love that stick figure drawing. That's fucking awesome. Let's put that on the refrigerator and let's, you want to laminate it? Let's, let's fuck yeah. it. Let's go wild. Right. Um, like this is a big deal. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think one of the cool things about being a therapist is that like, I really, um, it, it's taught me to appreciate tiny little, little things, you know, um, and really see the value and the meaning in like, um, teeny little pieces. Like I have a, a client who, um, we kind of came up with the idea of like 5% happier of like, if you can watch your cats do something adorable and that makes your day a little bit better. Um, that's a huge thing, you know, and I've kind of adopted that in my life of like, Oh, how can like, it's helped me notice the little things and helped me be like, you know, just that like 5% happier. Um, and yeah, it's cool. It's like, fuck yeah, you drew a stick figure. And I, fucking love it and we're gonna laminate it and it's good and you know little things are, are important and well you yeah. know and <clears throat> i i told this to sam uh when we had our conversation last year she shared uh you know just kind of an intervention she had used like the finger breathing exercise and i was like i'm gonna yeah. steal that right? i'm gonna use that uh, and and as you were sharing that right like the five percent happier like how profound i'm stealing that i'm taking it i'm gonna use do it, it. Clients, right? absolutely that, i love that right can you yeah. catch your cat doing something cute and can that make your day 5% happier? Yeah. Right. Totally. Totally. Did you ever hear, um, Jackie Gaddis say that, uh, all of a therapist's best ideas are stolen? Yes. And, and just a side note, I love Jackie. And, uh, if you're, if you ever listen, Jackie, I want to get you on this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Talk about brilliance, right? She, she molded and shaped a lot of minds. Um, in our program and is just a wonderful clinician. Yeah, we had a lot of stellar professors like Mollis. I still do, you know, you and yeah. I were in class, but on one hand and then on the other hand, like, you know, I still do that to this day. Like, you know, yeah. we had a lot of really awesome people that kind of helped us learn to walk when we were little, like, lumps, yeah. little yeah. lumps. <laughs> little <nothing>. lumps. <laughs> Yeah. You know, just sitting in the dark. Yeah. 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 We, we definitely had uh, a good opportunity there. It's, you know, it's I'm very thankful, you know, to, to look back on that journey. Um, and, and I think that's a, that's another beautiful thing to point out. It's like the time effort work and, and just consistent action it takes to become a clinician. You know, if you're a clinician listening to this or, or just someone who's tuning in because you want to hear some of the, the beneficial things we're talking about, Right. There, there really is a level of when you walk into that room to sit down with a clinician, like, man, they've put in work to, to be able to walk with you in that. And there's a level of, of respect and inspiration um, that I have for that just out, a shot out of the cannon. Right? Like I'm, I'm instantly when I hear someone's a licensed therapist, I'm like, wow, 
the time you put into that is it's just admirable yeah yeah and the amount of like work you have to do on yourself to be a good therapist like Mm -hmm. um I I have a client who she's in grad school to be a therapist and one of the things we've talked about a lot is how much of yourself you have to put into it and like if you're like one of the things you said in in her last podcast was like you know some do, do some therapists like go to grad school to like fix themselves or <laughs> like, we all know those problems. and you know and one of the things that you said was like yeah maybe but that's not necessarily a bad thing because like if you can you know you know if that's you know partially true if you can grow and develop yourself as a human that's you developing yourself as a therapist right Right. And I, I think the field demands it, right? Like that's, it's kind of the unstated thing that clinicians know. And I, I think it's also what like makes this subsection of the world, our corner of the world and our little profession so good at meeting people where they're at is because the field to do this yeah. work, to, to meet someone else where they're at, it demands you to do the same for yourself. And, and, and this is where I really appreciated what you said about like the good clinicians, right? And, and not to, not to yeah. identify between good and bad, because I don't think it's got to go to that degree, the good and the clinicians who aren't paying attention. Right. I think that's the distinction I like to make is like the good clinicians that I'll refer to. And then the ones who are, who just aren't paying attention because the field hasn't demanded them yet to do their work. Right. And and, and it happens for all of us. The longer you stay in this field, like, you know, I I share with uh, just my community and and I shared with Sam a little bit on the podcast, like that's what the field demanded that I go to Al-Anon because I came from an Mm -hmm. alcoholic home. And for a long time, I wanted to ignore that, but the field wouldn't let me. And if I wanted to continue to do this work, I needed to take care of myself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, um, I love how you put that. It demands it. Um, and it, I feel like being a therapist is, uh, for, for the good clinicians, it's, it's self-therapy too. Like it, it pushes you to your limits and it pushes you to confront things that are scary that like you, you know, maybe wouldn't have otherwise confronted. And, um, it's, a very much a growing process for the therapist as well as the client, I think. Yeah. When you, when you have a client come in and, and they're in that like phase of like, I think I want to do this work. Um, you know, but I'm a little scared or, or they're, you, or maybe they're not even voicing it. They're just hesitant to the work. Do you find yourself like with any like metaphorical or just explanations on how you break down, how you would explain like what the healing process looks like? Yeah. Um, I, uh, use a lot of plant metaphors. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love it. I love Uh, it. (laughs) And like, it literally starts with like a seed. Um, And like, you know, like when you plant a tomato seed, you start with this like tiny little itty bitty thing. And in like four or five months, some tomatoes get like literally 10 feet tall. Um, What? Wait, hold on. Hold on a second. Yes. That can't, is is that true? I I think I I wish I was like, uh, like Joe Rogan on his podcast. Like, Hey, Jamie, (laughs) can you Google that? Is that true? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Natalie Argo. Um, another, you know, yeah. one of our therapist friends, she's, um, part-time therapist, part-time gardener. She has a YouTube channel and you should check out her, um, her, her videos. Cause she's, she's yeah. growing now. And yeah, you can legit go from, um, like, li- like, Did you know, how do we grow a 10 foot tomato? 
they're on their way. Her tomatoes are, are getting really big right now. Shut they're, the hell up. I need I need this in my life. I'm going to go yeah. Google this or, or, well, I'm going to reach out to Natalie after this. <laughs> oh, totally. Oh my gosh. She would be great for this. Um, and Michelle too. Um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. So you can literally go from like a tiny little seed to a 10 foot tomato and, um, all depends on how well you like take care of it and like how much work you put into it. Like if you fertilize it, if you give it enough sun, if you water it consistently. And, um, I like with clients who are hesitant or who are nervous, it's like, you don't have to be a 10 foot tomato tomorrow. Like right. all you plant the seed and then tomorrow you have to water it. And then the next day you have to maybe water it again. And the next day you don't have to do anything. You can let it sit and do nothing and take a break for a minute. And like, um, not like a small process and slowly over time you grow into what, what you're aiming for. So yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> if you're listening and want to be a 10 foot tomato, <laughs> plant the, plant the seed today. Yeah. Hit me uh, up. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hit, hit Serena up. She'll help you plant the tomato seeds and yeah. you get to go. But yeah, I love that. I love that metaphor too, because it, it gives the grace of right. Like I think nature is a, a wonderful example of this is you don't have to, to do the strenuous action every single day. Now yeah. <clears throat> there's contrary action. You may have to take on a consistent basis if you're engaged in things that would be destructive to the tomato. Right. Mm -hmm. There are things that you may need to like shift around and change, but I like the grace that you invited in there like, hey, today is the day to take a day off, right? You don't have to yeah. do anything and the seed is still going to grow. Yeah. Or, hey, call up a friend. Have your friend water the tomato for a minute. Or, you know, like th there's uh, room for failure in everything. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the final product is going to be any less amazing. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I asked Sam this question too you know, speaking of like, you know, the, the ways that you explain, what are some of the, the most like in, inspirational or, or kind of um, like things that you gravitate to that helped shape the way you explain some of these things? Like what was your inspiration in school? Like, was it a clinician that you saw? Um, was it a course? Like what, what were some of the things that inspired you to start explaining things in this way? Ooh, good question. Um, This is um, going to sound maybe a little uh, no, no. I yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that back. I'm gonna say that I inspired myself. Okay. Um, and no, I like I like that that you that you <clears throat> were having that mental process and like no, you know what? I'm gonna thank myself. It's like that Snoop yeah. Dogg thing where he's like, you know what, motherfuckers? I'm gonna thank myself. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, yes. I'm <laughs> that right now um and it, it took me a lot of therapy to be able to to say that <laughs> um, to, give, <laughs> to give myself credit and I think that um it's one of the things that uh like like um metaphors and um like that way of connecting or like imagery and things like that I genuinely feel like it comes from um from from me and it's definitely helped by like oh my gosh like I would say all of the people um like you know we've talked in this conversation a lot about like the community that we came up in and um 
you know, like, uh, Natalie, Michelle and I had like a death pact and, um, (laughs) of course you did. Yeah. Sitting, sitting right behind Andrew and I in those classes, creating, creating death pacts. Yeah, I absolutely. Knew, I knew you girls were up to something back there. I oh, fucking knew it. Oh yeah, we we were we were yes, we were we were doing some fun things and you know, but your relationship <laughs> with JA and everything and like the um the relationships um I feel like empowered me to mm. inspire myself. If that makes sense, like yeah. Uh, so yeah, I um yeah. Well, I, I feel that on so many levels, right? Like I'm a huge proponent. Like one of the things I love the most in, in this work and in this life is community, right? Let's, let's bring people together, right? Because isolation is no fun. <clears throat> it doesn't seem to work very well for a lot of people. Let's yeah. bring people together and let's inspire each other. And, and I, I, I really love that you're, you're highlighting that and also stepping into like your empowerment, right? Because yeah, I think there's a lot of people listening to this and, and that could be the public, public service announcement for today is like step into your empowerment. And one yeah. way that, that you were sharing that you did that is just being around people that you, you know, you loved and cared about and had fun with and that empowered you, right? And I, I think there's a huge, huge truth and that doesn't make you selfish, doesn't make you self-centered, doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It means you're stepping into your power. I think, yeah. you know, there, there's something very beautiful um, that happens not just in a therapeutic process, but in life when you step into a community and it's like Mm -hmm. my therapist shares with me, the more you step into like the community support group, that's right for you, the, the the more money you're going to save on your treatment in the long run. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Free therapy amongst, you know, peers and yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, (laughs) God bless, especially (laughs) when it's a group of therapists. Yeah. We try yeah. to take the hat off, you know, I, 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 well, here's the thing. I feel like over the years I've gotten better at taking that hat off unless I'm in the room, you know, yeah. that, that was a struggle for a while. You know? Oh yeah. And so that, that's like, you know, that concept I was touching on and, and this is really where it kind of sunk in for me is like the good therapist and the one who's not paying attention, the good mm-hmm. therapist, when they leave the office, just like any other profession, they're not the therapist anymore. They don't go yeah. home and, and they're a therapist to their wife or to their loved ones or to their friends or anyone in their community. Yeah. They're a therapist to their clients. And then they go home and they take their hat off. The ones that aren't paying attention are because they don't have that boundary. Right? They don't, yeah. They're not taking care of themselves. Yeah. And then they get burnt out and then they end up doing like subpar work and um, they're not good for themselves or their clients or their family. So yeah, yeah I think that's a really important distinction to make. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of, the people who've inspired you. I asked, I, I asked Sam, and I, you know, you've been, you were referring to listening to that podcast. I'm sure you heard this question too. What, what would be like the one book in the field, the realm of mental health or self-help or, or growth or, or just in general, the, the one book, if all the chips were down and you had to choose one that was like the most inspirational to you that you've read. Yeah. And that's, um, Sam's answer was like so poetic. Like she picked like Yalom, like you know this like <laughs> really pure. And I'm like, fuck, I don't fucking know. Like <laughs> if you were gonna ask me that, and last night I was like, I should have an answer ready, and of course I don't. Um, yeah, I um, honestly, I don't have an answer. Um, I think that I gain little nuggets from like every book that I read. Um, and 
there's like little pieces of a bunch of different um, stuff that I've read or blogs that I've read or um, conversations that I've had. Like I try to take like a little bit from kind of everything, but um, shameless plug here on my website, which I'm developing, I'm going to <laughs> a little section of like books that I really like and that have really been um, helpful for me as a human and as a therapist. So um, next time yeah. you interview, when I have my, you know, when that has been flushed out a little more and there's more content on my, <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll have a better answer for you. <laughs> yeah, no worries. No worries. And plug away. You know, that's part of what this is about is say, let's, let's get your information out there. Let's connect you with people um, who would benefit from working with you. And, and uh, you also know me, I'm not going to let you off the hook that easily. You mentioned that you get little nuggets, right? Out of all the things that you read or all the things that you pick up and read, whether that's a blog or a book, what's a nugget recently, you know, and from what like direction that you felt connected to or that you loved or, or wouldn't mind sharing with the, the people listening? Yeah, for sure. So the book that I'm reading right now, um, it's kind of like taken off and I feel like she's like the new Brene Brown. Um, mm -hmm. It's Untamed from Glennon Doyle, um, oh. which I think is like on the list right now. Untamed um, by, you said Glennon? Glennon Doyle. Um, she is a phenomenal writer. And this book that she wrote, really, um, she shows up in a very vulnerable way. Um, and one of the nuggets that I've kind of been taking from this book is like, pain is good. Pain is change. And like, you mm. can literally be, um, like she struggled with addiction, she struggled with bulimia, she struggled with her sexuality, um, and then really like bounced back and found a way to grow through what she was going through. Oh, um, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I feel like the nugget that I kind of took from that book was really just um, pain can be a tremendous um, opportunity for growth and strength and um and I mean you know that like in our field like it's somewhat of a given but it's really cool to kind of have that reminder and have that um kind of brought to the forefront again of how important it is you know uh -oh. Uh -oh. you're breaking up a little bit oh dang it no that's okay, that's okay. hey it happens it happens yeah. technology Technical. You know? right great when it works well yeah hey you know we're living in a wonderful time where <clears throat> we have access to this and and you know i also think like you know i, I crack up with my clients all the time when technology is not working like oh fuck you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> the universe is trying to tell us to, to figure something else out you know yes yeah <laughs> adapt and but I, I love that right just you know to not step too far away from the concept of sitting with our pain right mm -hmm. In the way that I've got to read that book, I've, I've never heard of it, and and so I'm gonna look oh my up gosh, get it. Doyle after it's this. It's so good. Yeah, yeah I've been telling all my clients for... like get this book. So yeah, it's yeah. a good one. Yeah, I'm gonna go and check it out. I appreciate that uh, turning me on to that. And, uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. you know, you know, like that concept. Like my, my therapist breaks that down too. It's like, you know, you've got like anger and sadness, and you know your frustrations, and then you know fear. And when you mm -hmm. peer, peel these layers back, right, underneath all of that, like underneath those layers, when you get past like the fear and you pull, like you pulled that last layer, that's where the healing is. That's where all the goodness is, right? Mm -hmm. So I love that concept of like the first invitation that we get, right? Like the very first, it's like step one and 12 steps is 
admit that we're powerless in, in the yeah. issue, right? And, and let's sit with that. So awareness is our first invitation. And then we sit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really important reminder. Kind of, um, I feel like can kind of, it's something so profound and so important, but I feel like it kind of gets lost in the shuffle of everything else that can go on within therapy. And yeah, sitting with your pain is the way to do it yeah there's there's something about it and you know i imagine we could have another three hour discussion on the benefits of of uh sitting with our pain but i'll say this if you're interested in exploring what that means or what that looks like in the description of this podcast i'm going to have serena lagore's contact information and i highly suggest if you're someone in california you're looking to explore the process of therapy or thinking about getting into it i highly recommend i would refer uh, 100% to Serena Lagore. And, I, and I, I just, I know that she'll be able to walk with you. She'll be able to model what that looks like to sit with the pain and know that it's okay and know that it's safe. And, you know, I can say that for, you know, from a place of confidence because I've worked with her. I've, I've listened to clients that I've worked with who she's also consulted with, with me on. And, and I know that to be true. So her contact information, her website, her psychology today, everything will be in the description. And uh, if you're on the fence, pick up the phone, call her, reach out. She's a wonderful therapist. And mm -hmm. Serena, I just, I really appreciate you coming on here and doing this. With yeah. Me. Thanks so much, Alan. And thanks for the, you know, um, for the, the glowing review. Most definitely yeah. appreciate it. And yeah, thanks sure. for doing this for our field. I think it's a really cool thing. So oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, and like I told Sam, I'll, I'll be bringing you back on. You know, yes. And, Anytime. And see how things develop and go from there. Cool. Good deal. Cool. All righty. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And Serena, thanks again for, for joining me. This it was, uh, it was a pleasure to, to catch up and talk to you again. Yeah. Cool.